Underdog Podcast from SB Nation and Underdog Dynasty. Welcome to the Underdog Podcast where we talk G5 football and only G5 football for Underdog Dynasty. This is another episode of what we have been calling Joe Talk, and that's me, Joe Serpico, and on the other side of the mic is my friend, Joe Brovac. What's up, bud? What's up, birthday boy? How you doing? Uh, living the dream, man. 33 uh, did not feel so good on Sunday morning, let's just say that. <laughs> did not feel so hot, and then the ride back from the beach was ugh. But it was an all-around fun weekend. With that said, birthday kind of overlapped with a wedding, so I didn't get to watch a whole lot of games, but that's what I have you for, right? More or less. You're the one that dives really into the stuff, so... What we'll do on this episode, obviously, recap what happened in the week that just passed. Go through the power rankings that were technically released probably before this episode actually airs. And then dive into what's kind of a short week of week. I guess we're already in week five. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. it's. I mean, the season's going to be over before we know it. Yeah. It's already week five. I can't believe that. Anyways, so I guess let's just... Dive right into the first game, which honestly was the only one I got to watch a little bit, and that was uh, my alma mater, Temple, with a pretty uh, decisive win over Tulsa, 31-17. Uh, Armstead with 108 yards and two, or excuse me, and a TD. I think the key for this game was I mean, Tulsa could get literally nothing going. Five turnovers, two of them were turned for scores. Temple just flat out dominated them, and honestly, the score could have been a lot worse because. Temple was picked off inside their own red zone from the first drive of the game. I saw it going kind of, it could have gone that way, but I also saw it going like it could have been a close game too. I mean, Temple, did Temple score two defensive touchdowns or one was a defensive and one was two a special of them. teams? No, yeah. Two of them, yeah. So I don't know. Temple looked better, obviously, but I didn't think they looked great. Oh, I'm not arguing that. Tulsa is so bad still. Yeah, it's a shame because they do have some, like, at least the two backs look all right. Yeah. But, but I guess just Temple's, it. yeah, that's literally is it. But I guess the the highlight, really, of the whole weekend, we kind of alluded to it a little bit last week, was that Friday night game FAU versus UCF. And to be honest, it looked like, the, you know, UCF was a little bit on the ropes, and then they really took control of that game with that last-minute first-half TD and then two in the third quarter to just really open it up. Yeah, being up by four at halftime was – I think everyone expected it to be close, but uh, it just seemed that you know UCF is uh, clearly the better team here. And it'll be interesting to see – and I tweeted this out on Saturday – is. What's going to happen when UCF meets, like, an actual good defense? That will be interesting. Are there any on their schedule? Uh, that's a great question. I don't think there are. They're done. They're out of conference stuff, right? So it's just well, what's in conference, and what, what do we do, what do we say about this conference? They play Cincinnati. Oh, wow. Well. We're going to get to that. We're going to get Cincinnati. We're going to get to them in a little bit. I mean, even, the... even the Memphis game. Like, Memphis, okay, they obviously will talk about them soon, but... They struggle this week, but their defense could be better than last year, and they have the offense that can compete. So that could be another potential troublesome game. Time will tell. I guess we just we just kind of talked about them a little bit. Cincinnati, I would say, probably had the best one for the conference. Are you against that? 
this win. Ohio, I think Ohio is a more impressive team than people think. Do you think they're better than FAU, though? I think right now you know, they kind of look like they have been. Because I don't think, you know, FAU doesn't look like what they were last year. No, I think the hype's definitely died. Yeah, I think the hype has died. Ohio is, is, is the team that I really did like coming into this year. I mean, and they really jumped. I mean, they jumped out ahead real quick. Then, then the defense that we keep talking about finally, you know, finally stepped up a little bit. Well, and the offense did too. They scored 27 second half points and held Ohio to six. Yeah, and a huge stop on that final drive there too. That was, well, obviously necessary, but, you know, a lot of teams do that's when they break right there. When, when all that pressure's on you in this final, you know, minute and a half or whatever it was there and the team is driving on you. Good offensive team like that too. Yep. Then I guess one of the shockers of this weekend was not the, cause I kind of called it, well, I called it on the podcast, didn't call it in our P6 pick them, but SMU coming up with 31 to 30 win over Navy. And what made it shocking was just the way how it ended. Um, Sonny Dykes just literally saying, you know, what the hell? I mean, we're not, why not go for two? And it was a play that, you know, was a little bit controversial. They had to look it over, things of that nature, but it, it counted. And that's how SMU gets the first win over you know, a Navy team that we always say is hard to judge. few things with this. First, you're all talk. You don't back up what you say. I almost predicted that Temple score dead on. <laughs> but you said SMU is going to win, and then you don't even pick them in, in our pick man. You're all talk. You just don't even I, follow I think through. I just saw everybody else's, and I was like, man, I just got to follow suit because I'm no, trying to win this thing. No, no. I'm just on. trying to win it. Man. So I guess I'm still on last, right? <laughs> I haven't done the records yet, but I would guess. All right. Second Bravo. thing, second thing. Does Navy have the quarterback controversy? Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Do you really call it a controversy? Well, not a controversy. More just like a shuffling of their guys. Yeah. Because uh, Malcolm Berry didn't, didn't look great against SMU. Yeah. That I would expect him to rush for 200-plus. Hit 33 yards. Yeah. That's the thing with Navy. You don't know what you're getting either way sometimes. That's true. Well, sometimes they you know, they look like the best, and then they're just like, man, they really just show that they're, you know, they don't have the same recruits as everybody else. Yeah. It's, then on the, it's, it's, I don't know. It's weird. Yeah. It was weird to watch, and maybe it's – well, it's okay. So looking at SMU's first three games now with North Texas, Michigan, and TCU, it's maybe we kind of overreacted to – like they lost the three better teams, and maybe we kind of just overreacted to. Somebody how said that. Doing. Somebody said that last week. Yeah. I know. I know a guy who said that last week. You do. Yeah, did I he know. pick? Did he pick that that SMU to beat Navy, or did he just say things? I'm about to go into that little thingy there and make a correction real quick. You can put, <laughs> predict the score like to a T, right? <laughs> All right, let's go forward with a beatdown. And it was a game that I <laughs> Which one? Well, this this one was the major beatdown, I would say, in the conference, and that's Ohio State stomping Tulane forty nine to six. I mean, I kinda said it last week. Urban Meyer came back, you know they were gonna have the pedal to the metal. Uh Dwayne Haskins is damn good, real good. You would have to say probably the front runner for the Heisman right now. You agree with that? 
No, Daryl Henderson, man. Ooh. That, that, we're going to talk about him, too, because that boy is running hard right now. Who, I'm now. trying to think of who else I would pick for the Heisman right now. Mackenzie Milton? Tua? Tua's probably a good one, too. But I don't think Tua has the same. You know, Tua doesn't get to play a full game. No. I think I heard that they said that uh, Alabama quarterbacks have yet to throw a pass in the fourth quarter. Even Hurts has not yeah. thrown a single pass in I, the fourth quarter. I, yeah, I, this, I don't know. I can't verify that, but I heard that, and I, that kind of caught that my attention. Me. I didn't. That I didn't, blows my mind if that's true. Like yeah. that generally blows my mind. I'm trying to think of who else is having a. I don't think I had like. There's not really anybody. I, I remember whoever the commentator was for the game the other night made the comment of like their first. I want to say it's first seven games before the buy something of like that nature. We legitimately. Legitimately, might not see Tua play an entire game just because of how cake their schedule is. Yeah, that's true. And I mean, the way they just dismantled A and M after A and M just a couple weeks ago, like you know, held their own against Clemson, who's number two. Yeah. I mean, I think I think Bam has proven right now they are the class, and it's without a doubt. Yeah. Now they got a legit. Now they got a legit quarterback. Like they are the real deal. I don't know. A legit How quarterback, and they have kickers who can make field goals. So, yeah, a lot of teams in the country can't do that. They can't punt anymore, though. Yeah, that's true. But they don't have to. All right, the other beatdown that you kind of mentioned a little bit, and that's Syracuse laying the wood on UConn, fifty-one to twenty-one. Uh, the Orange scoring a ton of points this year, man. I think that's one of the more surprising teams. And they go to Clemson this week. Yeah, that should be a fun game to watch. Uh, UConn got, you know, manhandled yardage wise, 636, 395. I think the main thing is, you know, we've kind of been on the, uh, the Pindell hype train here and he, he was largely ineffective in this game. In a game where, you know, for another team scoring 51 points, you would expect that he's going to air it out and get his numbers too. Uh, yeah, I would agree. I think it's becoming, uh, I don't know. It just seems, I mean, he's he's their leading. It seems like he's their leading passer and rusher every single week, and it's hard. It's a one man crew. Yeah, and it's tough when your defense isn't really help. I mean, they they've given up besides Rhode Island, where they gave up forty nine points. They've given up fifty plus points every single week. Like, I, no no one guy is gonna overcome that by himself. <laughs> And that's unreal. Like Rhode Island almost hit the 50 mark too. Right. Jesus. Yeah. That's terrible. Yep. Now, a game that every time I checked the score, I couldn't believe. It was ECU holding tight against USF. And honestly, US, you, I would argue that ECU, at least from what I have seen from the stats and I've talked about, it seemed like for the most part, they dominated the game, but they just ECU'd. They're a lot better than last year. The, That's not I saying think, much. I, well, I mean, it's it's not saying much, but it is at the same time. They only gave up 20 points to USF. And well, I think the, that's what we should talk about. It's just, you, you know, who is USF? Right, because... So, okay, now maybe you're starting to, you know, come around on my opinion of USF and they've had two bad weeks in a row. Yeah, I get, I get that 
beating Illinois is a, their second Power 5 win, but it's Illinois. Let's calm down. And then now they struggle to put away ECU. But ECU might be better, but it's still ECU. Oh, I, ECU, you you know how I feel about them. Everybody knows. That's why I would literally, and if if I remember right, like ECU, they they led for a little bit, good chunk. Uh, like, maybe. I didn't watch the game. I just kept looking at the score whenever it came yes. through on the game track or whatever. Yeah. I mean, uh, Charlie Strong said it best. It wasn't pretty. I mean, if you can barely beat ECU, I wouldn't call anything about that pretty. No, it's it's yeah. It's just like proving. I mean, they're four zero. Let's we won't discredit that, but like, it's just they they haven't looked good the last two weeks. Their win against Georgia Tech is looking worse because of Georgia Tech's poor play. And then I don't remember who they played the first game. Yeah, El- Elon and they. Oh yeah, that's right. We uh, they weren't even. They didn't. I don't even think they blew Elon out like we. They won by twenty. In the bug. But you expect them to do more damage than that. That's what I mean. Right. If Quentin Flowers is there, they win. They well, I can't say that because last year they had Flowers and they struggled. So I don't know. Whatever. What do I know? Whatever is a perfect way to uh, describe USF right now. Yeah. Seriously. All right, then another two games in which the AAC just flat out dominated. Uh, Houston, 70-14 to 14 win over Texas Southern. Derrick King continues to pile up the stats. Four more touchdowns in this game. And then Memphis with a 52-35 to 35 win over South Alabama. And you already brought him up, but Daryl Henderson, another 188 and two TDs in this game. I mean, Memphis right now is clicking on all cylinders. I mean, every playmaker... Scored a touchdown somehow this week. Yep, they're... What more do you need to say about their offense? It looks like... I mean, you could argue they have the best offense in the conference right now, and the only other one, two, I guess you would say, is Houston and UCF. I don't think anybody else is on that level. No, I think we can all... You know, I mean, you just said it. Offensively, the three best teams, and I don't even think it's close. Like, I don't even know who you put at number four. At four? It really just becomes all muddled after that. You have very average. That's what I mean. Everybody else is just kind of. Tulsa's terrible. Temple's average at best. Tulane's. Tulane's done nothing. Average at best. Cincinnati's average at best. Navy and SMU are fine. UConn's. Okay, if they play the right team, and ECU is, we don't even know anybody on ECU. Exactly. So it's just literally those three teams. And USF's not even close either. No, not 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 offensive talent. No, no. I don't think so. Nope. So yeah, all three of those teams are in a class of their own. But I guess this is like a perfect time to segue. Even though we say that those are the three teams that are the best offensively. They are not our top three teams in the power ranks. They are so, not. Joe, you, that was your uh, shindig to do over this weekend. I guess I'll let you kind of run through those a little bit. Well, what I, I wanted to do is kind of just look at, we can talk about each team and where they started at the beginning of the year and kind of where they are now. Obviously, some teams are the same, so 
to transition to that. Like UCF's number one. No surprise there. We expected them to be here. I think a lot of people are expecting them to be be undefeated again this year. I don't know how realistic that is, but they're kind of where we expected them to be. Defense has some concerns, but the offense is clicking and might actually be better than last year. Yeah. I mean, Milton looks better than he did last year. He's so much better as a passer. Yes, he is. Which is scary. And they're just clicking. I think all of the, the preseason, like, scares about what the offense would look like with the new coaching staff, I think that's definitely put all the rest. Like, it, I mean, it's it's moving. It's clicking. Yep, I agree. Uh, two is Cincinnati. At the beginning of the year, we had, I think, did we have them as, like, the third worst team probably? I don't know. It was definitely in the bottom four. They were they were towards the bottom. Now, I thought they had potential coming into this year. I'm not going to take credit for a four and zero start because I didn't see that coming. But nobody did. I thought Luke Fickle was doing a great job in the off season last year. It, the team looked like they were a little bit better playing with Fickle, but obviously the record didn't reflect that. And now they're four and zero. And they they had some adversity this week, obviously against Ohio, which you and I both agree that Ohio is a pretty good team. And they stormed back in the second half to beat a solid team, and that that's why they're number two this week. Yeah, they're definitely going bowling, which I don't know if we would say earlier in the year. I don't think we thought that. I thought we were they were borderline, but now I mean I can't see them all of a sudden now losing two or losing what six of the last eight or whatever it is. If if you and I went through at the beginning of the year and like optimistically picked six wins, I think we would have maybe struggled for that. But now it's yeah, they got to get two more wins to be bowl eligible. Then they should. They might get that. Well, they're gonna might be one more closer this week. Exactly. Number three, USF. They were number two last week. When you struggle two weeks in a row against teams that you should win by way more than they did, then you're not... I mean, they're 4-0. It's not like they're a terrible team, but Cincinnati has looked so much better than USF in the last two weeks, and I would say overall, just more consistent. So that's why USF is third, and conference play might expose the Bulls even more. I think that is due. I think the Bulls will be exposed. I think the, uh, the next two teams you have on your list... Are better, but we're just going to have them ranked where they're at now just because USF is undefeated. And that's really, I mean, you mentioned it, Houston's four. They lost to Texas Tech, which is looking like a pretty good loss. Mm-hmm. Considering yep. what they, what the Red Raiders just did to Oklahoma State on the yep. road. So there's no shame in that. Obviously you got to fix the defensive issues, but there's no shame in that. And then Memphis lost to Navy which that loss doesn't look great, but you have to consider the conditions that they were playing in. So I would I would agree with you that you could say that Houston and Memphis could be two and three. Yeah. You can make that argument, but, the, you know, they have a loss, but it is it is what it is. And then this, probably the, the surprise of the power rankings is SMU at six. Which they were, last week they were 12th. And 
like we just said earlier, I think maybe we overreacted to losing to North Texas TCU in Michigan. So it seems fitting. Why not just overreact to their first conference win and put them up here? I think we're going to find more about SMU out in these next couple of weeks, obviously. But I, I think, like you kind of just said, they just got beat up by teams that all every one of those teams undefeated. Am I right? Just to make that assessment? No, Michigan, Michigan lost. No, that's right. Michigan does. And have a TCU loss. just lost two in a row. Man, but both those gonna... teams should should. But they're dominate. but they're solid. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like they should dominate an SMU team who's. SMU should have played better against North Texas, but they North Texas is a good team. North and Texas got something to prove this year. Yeah, exactly. So there's no shame in you know losing to them, but DC and Michigan should have did what they did to SMU. Number seven is Navy. Obviously, they they beat Memphis. If you want to just go by the score. Uh, and then they lose to SMU and I mean, that describes them perfectly. I feel like, yeah, it's just I, I feel like there's a few teams that we just will continue to scratch our heads every single week. Oh, that's why that's why Navy is your like always will be in the middle of our power rankings. We're, yeah, we're never gonna have... we're never gonna put them on the bottom. We're never gonna put them on the top. Yeah, that's true. Just because the triple option will never let them be a terrible team. Exactly. Number eight are your boys at Temple. Still have no idea. Just like Navy, no idea who they are, what what they're. We don't even know who our quarterback is, is right now. Well, there's also that. It sounds like I, I. I hate to say it, but it literally sounds like Temple is the same team as last year. It does. But at least last, at least last year. It was a like full on became a full on benching of Logan Marchie. Like this year, it's like, is he really hurt? I I don't know if he's really hurt. And I know it was a quick turnaround, so maybe that played a part in the reason why he hasn't played. He didn't, excuse me, he didn't play on on Thursday night. But at the same time, it just we don't know when this injury. I still don't know when this injury happened. Yeah. And now he sat out for two games. And Russo, I mean, he hasn't. He hasn't done anything to like really win the job, but he also hasn't lost games. Right. Well, and here's the other thing with this team and the team that we're going to talk about next is this is going to come up all year is that a lot of people thought that Temple had a shot, which granted they still do. We're not like excluding them from being in the hunt, but the fact that people thought that they could win the division as a dark, you know, they thought they were a dark horse team. And now they're sitting at eight in our power rankings. Like that's that's concerning. I was one of those people, even though it was my own Mars, that I didn't buy the hype. I thought last last year's schedule down the stretch really helped them out. They didn't really play anybody. People should listen to you more. They should. Especially since I'm back on the good side on the picks. There you go. And speaking of listening to you, we should all thank you for warning us about Tulane. And like I said, another team that at the beginning of the year, I think everybody, and I mean literally almost everybody, 
was thinking that Tulane had a shot to run the table. And Whoa, run the table? I, I There were a lot of people who, not maybe not run the table, but be a, say They just played Ohio State. They weren't beating them. Not, not run the table, excuse me. I meant in conference play was what I was getting at. So not run the table, but I think people thought they were legit contenders. In I mean, the everybody hyped. Everybody hyped that team up at the at the media day. Even when we had uh, Chris Bonini on the show, he he hyped them up too. He said that they were the most hyped team at media days. And what did I say? I said I didn't like their schedule, and that's exactly what's killing them right now. Their schedule. Here's the thing. That one, so at week one against Wake Forest, that one overtime drive, I think that killed a lot of their momentum this season already. And then well, they lost the game. I mean, the way they lost that game too. I think that it wasn't just that they just lost out of them. It wasn't that they just lost in overtime. It was the way they lost that game too. Yeah. Two penalties that like not you know basically lost the game for them, and then. Ever since then, again, schedule is just hasn't been favorable to him. That's why I didn't understand when everybody was so so big on him. I said, look, look at the teams they got to play. They're not playing average teams. Here's what I will say to kind of defend them: if they beat Wake Forest, so say they somehow because towards the end of regulation, I think a lot of people expected, oh, Julian's win this game. So say that they pull out that win, I think they beat UAB. They're not being Ohio State, like doesn't matter how much momentum they have, but they're three and one instead of one and three, and that's a much different team than they are right now. I don't I wouldn't go as far to say they beat UAB though. Like I could see them still as a two and two team, and then we're definitely talking about them differently. I like their chances better as a two and O team playing UAB than a one and one team though. The confidence you have from being undefeated is so much better than being one and one. Yeah, but at the same time, I mean, it was two weeks later. Like, I could understand if you're making that argument after they came off the loss to Wake Forest. Then they had the, uh, who, who was that soft team that they beat in there? Nichols. Nichols, that's who it was, yes. But I couldn't, you know what I mean? Like, they had like two weeks to get over that loss to Wake Yeah, well, yeah, that's true. But, I mean, it, it, they, the, that UAB game still could have gone either way. We could, we could be looking at a three and one team, but now we're, you know, back to our original point is they're they're one and three, and like Temple, we we're not really sure what who this team is, and it's not like life gets easier the next two weeks when they play Memphis and Cincinnati. Nope, and that's again that's what I talked about that schedule because I believe Memphis is on the road. Uh they're at home Memphis and they're at Cincinnati. It's at Cincinnati. I, then hold on, let me look this. So I remember even down the stretch, like it gets, okay, yeah, they're on the road against USF. They're on the road against Houston. Uh, it's not favorable. Go, the whole thing over in the year did not look favorable to me. Yeah, it's just. Sometimes I'm right. Well, and then the other thing is uh, it doesn't help that, I mean, the game at Cincinnati was going to be tough, but with what we thought of Cincinnati to be in the year, we thought, oh, well, Tulane's got a chance. Same with SMU. Tulsa was, I mean, Tulsa could still be bad, but Tulsa was oh. bad, so we didn't think that would be hard, and EC was trash, so we thought that would be easy too. But 
Yeah, it, I think because now ECU's looked a little different, we're not sure what we're going to get out of Tulsa, and SMU is, you know, they just beat Navy, so like you said, I, I'm right there with you. Things just don't look good. They're not going bowling. I will put my foot down on that one. They will not go bowling. You're going to put that in writing, or are you just going to say it on the podcast? I already put it in writing. I picked that team to be in the under in the uh, – so I'm going to – Re-mention that every episode. Okay. They were one of the teams I put on the under, and it is looking perfect. Number 10, uh, ECU, another team. I feel like we're just going to keep saying we don't know what we're going to get because ECU loses North Carolina A&T, and then they beat North Carolina, and then now they lose to USF, but they only lose by seven. So, uh, well, here's my question. Did we learn more about ECU in that game, or did we learn more about USF? USF? I think we're coming to learn that USF is not as good as people thought they were. Huh. Even a couple weeks huh. ago, I, yeah, hey, hey I'm, I'm, I'm going to agree with you on this part. Even a couple yeah. weeks ago, I was a little bit, be- I was a little bit more on USF than you were, but I haven't seen any. There hasn't been that like, I can't say that either because it's. Um, what was the team that they beat that was actually pretty impressive two weeks ago? Georgia Tech. Georgia Tech. Like, I don't want to say that was a terrible, you know, not bad loss. That's actually a good win for them, especially the way they won that game. But then the way they looked these past two weeks, you're just like, who are they? I'm going to be honest, I don't think I've ever been on USF's bandwagon. But then at the same time, you know, ECU is just ECU. I'll get you to like them eventually. Mm, I don't know about that. 11 and, I mean, 11 and 12, we could just flip-flop at this point. It's Tulsa, who their defense looks not awful compared to last year. Their offense looks just as lost as last year. And then UConn, who has so much potential in David Pindell, but there's literally nothing else around him or on the other side of the ball. There's really nothing else to say about those two teams. That's, hmm. Here's another question for you. At this rate, well, okay, this is a pretty obvious answer, but which uh, which Montgomery is going to get fired first? Oh. Philip. That's my thought. I, I, I don't know. At least Scotty's teams are showing some fight. Yeah, okay, yeah. Are they? Or maybe I'm just maybe USF North is Carolina. Best. This, is a, this is a team. This is a team that was giving up 500 yards per game last year, and they beat North Carolina. You don't do that one year and then beat a Power Five team the next year, and only give up 19 points to that team. I don't know. We can again, make the you can make the same argument like okay, they beat ECU has one win is against North Carolina right, and we're gonna talk. I, well, actually, let's just even talk that game right now. Uh, Old Dominion, who that's who ECU is playing this week, just beats Virginia Tech. Are we trying to say right now that Old Dominion's head coach deserves to keep his job because he gets one win? I don't see that. Yeah, I don't. I don't, I'd have to. Has that happened in the past? And they got fired. Like the guy got fired. I'm trying to think of, is there anybody that 
picks up one win over Power Five school and then keeps his job. Because that's that's a big win. Like that's no one else is gonna no one else will talk about Old Dominion football unless that game gets brought up from this year. No one's gonna pay attention to that besides their fans. You know what I'm saying? Well, Old so, Dominion was bad this year too in those first three games. Bad. Playing some pretty bad teams and get whooped up on. Yeah. So it's I don't yeah I don't know. We can leave that to the uh, Conference USA podcast to decide. Now we just kind of mentioned it. I guess we'll just talk about that game. Here was the one stunning thing I never thought I would say on a podcast episode with you, my friend. ECU is favored in this game. By how much? Five points. What? Five? Yes. What is going on? We just watched, we just said it. Old Dominion just beat Virginia Tech. I'm putting Virginia Tech over North Carolina the next 25 years and in the past 25 years. What? I don't get it. So I was kind of right when I said that ECU is good, but I was wrong about the good part. It was just ECU and then favored. Yeah. Wow. Five points, too. I never thought I would say ECU favorite. Because when they play those, I don't even think they were the favorite when they played JMU, were they? I don't know. Remember last, I'm pretty sure, I'm pretty sure, well, JMU usually gets a line just because they're one of the bigger ones. But if I I remember correctly, JMU was favored in that game against ECU last year. Yeah. Yeah. When I, when I saw that, I had, you know, literally, Triple take. I said, wait. I, I don't believe you. Wait. Look it up. I'm looking it up. I do believe you. I just want to look it up for myself. You have to see five with points. Eyes. You have to see it with your own eyes, huh? It's one of those. I was I was shocked myself. I was like, wait a second. Five points. There it is. Couldn't believe it. Teams with basically the same record, and. You know what's sad though? I can I'm, see ECU winning that game. Old Dominion coming off that huge win. Emotions are super high, and then they play ECU, who doesn't hold the same weight as Virginia Tech, and they they're on the road. Yeah, see, that's the thing. I can see everything you just said is literally what through my mind too. It like, sounds you know, crazy, I tried, but I, when I saw the number, I, you know, I was like five. You got to be kidding me, ECU. And then basically what you just said is what went through my mind too. Is like, well, Old Dominion. Emotional high coming in there. ECU might just punch him in the mouth real quick. Can't believe I just said. I can't believe I just said that about ECU. You're coming around. I think I'm getting. Remember at the beginning of the year, I told. I think at 33, I'm getting dementia. I was gonna. I was gonna get you to come around on ECU, and the process has started. It's 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 this dementia with old age. Watch out. All right, let's go Friday night's game first. And I guess technically we're supposed to go in order. But we kind of brought up ECU, and I was just so stunned to see them a favorite. Friday night, Tulane, 14.5. Or what am I saying? Memphis, a 14.5 point favorite versus Tulane. It's Friday night, 8 p.m. on ESPN2. <laughs> I, don't, I mean, honestly, we've, we talked in depth about the struggles with Tulane. And with the way Memphis's offense is just firing at all cylinders, that 14 number doesn't sound too crazy to me. Even on the road. It could be higher. 
Memphis, Memphis offense is probably just as lethal as Ohio State's offense is. Ooh, that's a bold statement right there. That's I mean, a... It's different. Like you, with Ohio State, you have like all these guys you just know, and it's like Ohio State's really good offensively. I'm not like taking anything away from them, but they also have that factor of they're talent. They're more talented than Tulane. They have that mental side of things where Tulane comes into that game thinking, okay, this guy is better than me that I'm lining across from. Whereas Memphis doesn't get that benefit. They just have to be good. Well, like I've said, Norvell is just a, he's a quarterback whisperer. Well, like right now, if you had to play against Ohio State or Memphis, who would you pick? Who would I rather play against? Yeah. Memphis. Yeah, exactly. Because why? They have less, they, Per, this perceived lesser talent. I wouldn't say it's perceived. Well, you're yes, not perceived. You're right. The the this lesser talent, put that in quotes, just because they're not like a four or five star guy. But if Memphis put up forty nine or more points, no one this week, no one's going to be surprised. No, obviously not. Just the way the Memphis is operating, not just this year too. I think it dates back to even last year. I think now we can, when we talk about Memphis, we can say that maybe it wasn't just Riley Ferguson, man. Maybe it doesn't matter who's that Mike quarterback. Marvell is good. Well, here's the thing though with that is, so. I mean, Mike, he has benefited from having two very good quarterbacks. Or I should say now what? No, 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 two, two, two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cause I was thinking Paxton Lynch, but that was not his, uh, that was Fuentes. Yeah. But it was, there were two guys that you didn't know if they were going to be good. Like he still developed them into what they were, slash R with Brady White. Yeah, Memphis has done a solid job. I wouldn't, you know, they're not producing NFL talent, but it's at least quarterback numbers. They're really stacking them up. The only problem is that Norvell's probably gone at the end of the year. I think that we can assume that's a guarantee now. Well, he almost went to took the Arkansas job this this mm-hmm. past off season. Yep. So I think that's why I, you know, barring a disaster down the stretch, which I can't see coming. Yeah. Honestly, I, he he wouldn't surprise me if he's one of those guys that doesn't even coach a bowl game. Which that that's one thing is like it's great for Memphis because they had Fuente and then now they have Norvell, but that's you know part of being in a group of five conference is. It's yeah, almost like, like you got these, these – they're like rentals. And then you, you just got some turnover. Them, you got to give them away. Which that makes – that makes Norvell's success right now even that more – much more impressive. Yeah, because not one of these guys really are his. This is still well, – most said, of the guys. Most, only, well, is this his fourth year? Has it been that many already? Well, I, why did I only think it was three? I guess yeah, three, he's, yeah. Yeah, he's been there. He's been there for four. It has been four already? Yeah, so these are his guys. Okay, okay. But still, like, he was, well, let me make sure of that. Maybe I'm wrong on that. Let me look that up, cause. I feel like Fuentes, not, part of me wants to say even two years, to be honest. Um, hmm. So I feel like Fuentes has only been at Virginia Tech. Now that I'm thinking of Virginia Tech, I feel like it's only been two years that he's oh, been. Oh, no, this is his third year. So, yeah, yeah, some of these guys aren't even his. Yeah. Yeah. That's what, okay. See, sometimes I do know what I'm talking about, and you try to tell me no. 
I'm just creating dialogue. Fictional dialogue. <laughs> I tend to do that. But yeah, but, I mean, yeah I, it's just impressive that he's doing that. At the, you know, Fuente did what he did, and then Norvell takes over and just continues doing the like same thing, if, if not better. And it's just, it's, I don't know, it's, it's frustrating to watch because I, you know, my hometown team, the Gophers, they're kind of the same thing, but they're on the power five levels. And it's just like, it's so frustrating that these jobs are just considered stepping stones to a, a better job, which I, I understand, like, from a personal perspective, like, and be a professional perspective, you want, you want to keep moving up in your field and you want to keep doing better. And I get that, but from a big picture thing, it just sucks because Memphis's program right now is arguably the best it's ever been. And that all could change because Norvell might leave at the end of the year. You need to get into 2018, my friend. There is no loyalty in anything. Anymore. I know. That doesn't mean I have to accept that. I can still hate it. Nothing. Not in sports, not in life, not in anything. Hey, I'm loyal to you in this podcast. There's some loyalty. That's why we named this Joe Talk, and that's yeah. why we are we are the longest-standing podcast on here. If you go, I go. Damn, that's a we're tag team forever. Cyrus, Jared, you hear that? Joe goes, I go. It's over. No more Joe talk. Until they bring other Joe over here and just keep it alive somehow. <laughs> they find two more Joes. That's <laughs> right, the yeah. Probably two more Joes. Two not-so-average Joes. <laughs> All right, so dive into Saturday's games. Temple travels to a 3-1 Boston College team. <laughs> that. What are you laughing at? I didn't even get through it, and you're laughing already. Yeah, Temple's going to get killed. Yeah, Boston College. Uh, so, I don't even want to talk about Temple. Can we just talk about A.J. Dillon? I was just going to ask you, what what? Okay, what Okay, dollar amount would I have to give you to try and tackle A.J. Dillon for a whole game? Me? Yeah. For a whole game? Yeah. Am I trying what? to make money off of this? What, what <laughs> amount of money is worth it to you to try to tackle him? Like you're in, just, obviously it's unrealistic, but like say that every play you are the first person to meet him in the hole and you have to take him one on one, and he guaranteed he is going to run you over and your body is going to be destroyed. Okay. Um, how many times the whole game you said, right? Sure. So, so say, talking, say say eighty times. Well, he doesn't touch the ball eighty times. Let's well, be real. Say, Let's say twenty-five, thirty. All right. So I got there. You go. Twenty-five, thirty times of him just pounding me in the freaking face, basically. <laughs> uh, how much? Because I know I'm gonna be. Because I know I'm not gonna work for a couple of days. So yeah, let's talk a easy number: five thousand. That's not bad. Hey man, I'm not trying to break someone's bank. I'm trying to take a nice chunk out of it. Uh, that's assuming you don't have like eight concussions from that one game and a million broken bones. Well, that's what insurance is for. Also true. That's basically what's going to happen to Temple. They should take the five grand. 
<laughs> oh wait, they can't. They can't. That's illegal. <laughs> That's awesome. Take the five grand temple and just say go home. Just take the beating and go home. But yeah, AJ Dillon, one of those guys. Honestly, if he wasn't playing for Boston College with like a major program, he would be getting a lot more publicity because that guy just runs hard. He's huge. Have you yeah. seen his legs? Yes. Jeez Louise. Oh They're my trees. God. They're yes. tree trunks. They're huge. Yeah, he's one of those guys that me and one of my buddies, we always talk about. Honestly, we, we tried to find before the season started, what was his number for be the Heisman winner? And it wasn't there, which shocked both of us. Well, because you have like Jonathan Taylor and Bryce Love ahead of him. Yeah. Well, yeah, but then like, Remember what before the season started, I even listed Frank Newtile as somebody whose number was on there, but not AJ Dillon. Like I couldn't figure that out. What? Yeah. Oh man. Hey, I, I just put out what Bovada put out there, man. I made it public, and I was just like, wait a second, that's a major head scratcher. Huh. But yeah, this is a game where Temple's defense is just gonna get during it pounded all game long. Now you know why and, I laughed. And then, I mean, some people are, because some people kind of forget, but Steve Adazio is the old Temple coach, and a lot of people at Temple don't like the way he left. Because it wasn't like, it wasn't like Matt Rule have, did in the past where like he brought something, you know, he brought us a championship, or even Al Golden, like he went off to, to Miami, but you know, he, he brought, excuse me, he brought Temple back to being somewhat relevant again. And Steve Adazio, I mean, they did, he did next to nothing. And then dipped out. Mid- he's you know, doing something at Boston College. Well, yeah, he's got AJ Dillon. But he's been doing stuff. He's been doing things before AJ Dillon, though. He's average. Are you average coach? Me? He's an average coach at an average program. Well, wow, they overachieve almost every year. I ain't buying it. Are you really? Have you, you know seen he, some of the kids they get? Like even AJ Dillon wasn't that highly recruited. You want you want me you want a perfect example of Boston College? Matt Ryan in the NFL. Dude, Matt Ryan's killing it right now. What do you mean killing it? He He's just, a choke artist. He just okay right now, not like in the past. Right now, currently, he is killing it. He just got me 48 points on my fantasy team. Who cares about your fantasy team? They lost the game. That's also true, but that's more of a defensive thing. If you score 37 points, you should be able to win. How good is Calvin Ridley, though? And he went to Alabama, so I don't care. Yeah, that's good. He's, he's pretty good. He is pretty good. I mean, back to Boston College, like they, like they produced Luke Keekley. They, their defenses are always legit. Because of Steve Adazo? I mean, they, well, maybe not because of him, but just Boston College as, as a whole has always been. Make it happen. You guys can keep him for good. I'll take Jeff why. Collins over him any day of the week. Well, did Steve Adazo ever lose to an FCS team? I'm gonna look that up because I'm sure he has. When I'm sure that Mofo has. Let's see, from 2013 to 2018. While you look that up, I'll go through into the next game, and that's Pittsburgh will travel to UCF. 
Uh, we mentioned earlier UCF still undefeated. Pitt currently has a two and two record. The Knights are a 15 and a half point favor over a power five team. Because didn't Pitt just lose to? Who did they just lose to? Didn't they lose to North Carolina? Was that who they lost to? Because that's pretty pathetic if they did. Which, yeah. Which after we just yeah ripped they just them. they just lost to North Carolina, who really? just lost to ECU the week before they played. Who ECU. just lost to North Carolina and yeah, it just it sucks for UCF. Because, I mean, not that they were going to make a playoff run with the schedule they had. I mean, it would be a long shot, but now it's like North Carolina loses to ECU, and then they didn't play last week because of the hurricane. But then they were supposed to play. UCF, and obviously that game didn't mean as much after losing to ECU. And now Pitt loses to North Carolina. It's just like a snowball effect. And why are there why are there so many common games? This just seems a little bit weird too. Yeah, I don't know how like if scheduling just was. There's a lot of common games in there. I feel like we just mentioned the same three teams four times. Yeah. But what do you think of that fifteen and a half point number? Against Pitt, well, that it really has to more to do with UCF's offense than anything. Because every time I watch UCF play, uh, at least on offense, it's just it's like a video game. It seriously is. They just do whatever they want. They, if you're like NCAA 14, there are times where I literally don't care what play I pick. It's just like, oh, I'm gonna pick that play, and we'll just see how it works. That's literally what they're doing right now. Mm-hmm. It's like I oh, like hey, I like that analogy. That's a perfect analogy right there too. It's 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 the, that's literally what it is. It's try whatever and see if it works. Oh hey, we haven't run four verts in a while. Let's just try that, even though we've run four, or even like oh hey, we've run four verts the last ten plays in a row. Let's just run it again because we know it's going to work. Like this, it seems like whoever, shoot, let me be O coordinator. Hey, what do you want to do? Oh, well, let's run the ball this play. Oh, 30-yard gain. What do you want to do now? Oh, play action pass. 60-yard touchdown. You know, Remember when, just... when you used to play when you used to play the games and you used to feel like whatever the coach's suggestion was? That's and didn't even, and didn't even look at the play. play. And didn't even look at the game. Like, yeah. didn't even look at it. Just hit the two buttons twice and be like, all right, that's the play I'm running. Exactly. I think that is. I like that analogy. That's a good one. That's a good one. Uh, Boston College, at least under, well, I should say, Steve Adazio at Boston College has not lost to an FCS team. Give me some losers he has. I want to hear some bad losses. Um, I know he has them. I mean, 2012, he lost to Army by three. Uh, who else did they? Oh, wait, he wasn't even there. Never mind. Nixed that loss. Funny they they did play Villanova in 2013. They only won by 10. Like I've said before, Villanova is no slouch. Lost Syracuse by three in 2013. They lost to Pitt by 10. They lost Colorado State in 2014 by three. That's probably their worst loss. Let's look here. Who else? Nope. 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 He's got a 500 record at Boston College. Nope, 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 nope. Which is like what I expect out of him, but 
I don't know. I said, I said they were underrated. I didn't say they were good. Calm, calm down. Let's, let's get off of them. I'm done talking about They don't have any, they don't even have any bad losses really. They like lose to the teams that they're supposed to lose to. Yeah, Temple. Last year they lost to Notre Dame, Clemson, Virginia Tech, and NC State. And then they, they lost to Wake Forest. They just lose the teams that they're supposed to lose to. Nah, let's stop talking about them. <laughs> we talked all Dominion ECU, so we'll talk about the other in-conference game this week, and that's undefeated Cincinnati going to UConn. That's a 3.30 start. You can see it on CBS Sports Network. And here's my second thing that I never thought I would say about on this podcast. Don't tell me UConn's favored. Cincinnati is a 17-point favorite. Okay. I'm back in UConn big time in this game. Really? Cover that spread? Oh yeah. What oh, has Cincinnati, what has Cincinnati's offense done to prove to you that they can outscore a team by 17 points? I mean, they outscored an FCS team by like 56. Yeah, that's an FCS team. Well, you didn't say that. You didn't clarify. And the way that UConn's, I mean, UConn's gonna score points. They beat Miami of Ohio by 21. UConn is gonna score points. Against that defense? Are you sure? Yes. Oh, do you like Cincinnati's defense or do you not? Come on, man. I like David Pindell. And I think he will get enough points for that game to be a cover. I'm gonna take credit for getting you on the David Pindell train. You can do that. That I will give you. I like oh. that take, that take though. UConn's gonna cover. That's an easy cover. That, that spread's way too high for, for UConn on the road. Or excuse me, Cincinnati on the road. Way too high. Yeah. Their offense hasn't done anything to really like, you know what I mean? Like, they haven't blown anybody out other than that FCS team. They're just like, they just UCF. do enough to just get the job done kind of thing. Yeah, UCF at home against Pitt should be a higher spread than Cincinnati at UConn on the road. I ain't arguing that. I'm with you there. And then the last game for the conference this week is uh, SMU will be at home against Houston Baptist. Uh, SMU loses that game, then I really don't know what to make of that team. Let's not go there. We can go there next week if it happens. We can just have a whole podcast about what is wrong with SMU. If that's the case, then we're going to really be just talking about can Sonny Dykes get fired after six games? Oh, jeez, no. No, he cannot. After the bowl game, does debacle and then going that route? <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, All right. That's, that's it. That's it for the games this week. It's a short one, which means next week we'll have – not much to talk about, so we do plan on sending out a little bit of a mailbag, get you guys to ask us some questions, and we'll answer them on here. Joe, what, what do you think is going to be the most asked question? Uh, we're probably going to get a bunch of trolls talking about Power 6. Well, yeah, you know that's coming. <laughs> how, mu- uh, how, mu- how, much, how much trolling are you going to get about USF? Bring it. I will talk about it all day. 
Yeah. Like, I hope the first question is, why do you guys hate USF? You know it's going to be. It'll probably, And you probably know where it's coming from already. In-house. Good. Bring it. It'll be coming from in-house. From someone on the staff with us. But yeah, that's all we got for this episode of the Underdog Podcast. Make sure you're following the show on iTunes or however else you're listening to us. Give us a follow on Facebook, Twitter, whatever good old social media stuff is out there these days. I feel like I just heard of some new one the other day, and I was like, I'm not even going to bother to get into it. On that note, ECU, uh, they actually going to cover that five-point spread? Doubtful. I think I got you back on my side now. No, they're covering then. Not going back to your side. You're coming to mine. That's that. <laughs>